the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. What a difference a day makes, huh? Yesterday at this time, we were all doom and gloom. COVID's killing a lot of people. We don't have a vaccine. The economy's still locked down. France and Germany is locking down. Yesterday was a whining kind of day for Wall Street. Down 900 points where if you could get my attention, it's almost 1,000 points in a day. That caught my attention. I'm usually not spooked by 500, 400, 300. Nah, nothing but a thing. It's like a pimple. Or a scratch. Me. But yesterday was a day where you're like, whoa, that's a pretty big number. Or it feels like. And then I was like, let's go back and take a look at what happened in March and April. Are we anywhere near those levels on the stock market? No. Are All things considered, with the economy shut down for two months of the year, or are we holding up? We kind of are. So I'm willing to give a pass, but I will say this, and track with me if you can. And if you can't, that's fine as well. Um, I totally get it. <clears throat> Stocks rising today. Big tech companies are going to report tonight. Uh, sentiment got a bit better than expected lift from economic data today. Today we feel a little bit better because there's a little bit of economic data that we're like, that's not so bad. First time unemployment claims came in under 800,000. Not great, but not so bad. We're not at the million level that we were at. But tonight, we're going to see the four horsemen. Are they the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Are they the four horsemen of utopia investing? I'd say the latter more so than the previous, right? Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, Facebook, slated to report earnings tonight. Now, here's the kick. Here's the thing. Here's the rub. Here's the story of the day. For tomorrow, we saw Microsoft report great numbers and it didn't rally into all time highs. We've seen the stock market have a 900 point down day. Those are two signs that it is a tired market. It's had a great year. It's now looking for any excuse to rally and it can't find it. Now, are we going into massive sell-off? No, but the trend in September and October doesn't look as good as it did in August. Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, Facebook. There are four horsemen tonight, all of them reporting numbers. What a day. What a day. This is like me going to like an 18-year-old kid being invited to the Playboy Mansion or maybe a kid who loves superheroes being invited to... uh, Pixar to watch the new Marvel movie being made. This is like, this is a kid in a candy part land right now. This is heaven. I love earnings season. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Like I kick my legs in joy and glee. But in earnings season, I'm going to take a look today. And when I took a look, I said to myself, I got to have more cowbell. No, I said 270 companies in the SP 500 have reported earnings. 270 out of the 500. So we're, oh, we're halfway there. Oh, oh living on a prayer. Do I get to go? Do I get a golden ticket to Hollywood? So far out of those 270 companies, 85% have reported better than expected earnings. Okay, 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 okay. So we're in earnings season. 85% are hitting better than expected earnings. And we're over to half of them. And these are the big, the big boys go first. Next week, you, like, you get the secondary and tertiary plays in banks and uh, technology and retail. Big boys go first. And we're doing great. And yet the stock market just had a 900 point down day. I think the market's a little tired. And if it needs stimulus, that's kind of like gasoline. It doesn't last terribly long when you throw it on a fire. You hope it lasts long enough to get those unemployment numbers down so we can take over on our own. We need resolution to the election. Um, <laughs> will families get back together if Trump goes out of office? Because I've seen a lot of families break up uh, because of Facebook posts. I've seen more than I would have ever have thought. Again, one of those weird little phenomenon. I'm going to talk about weird little phenomenon coming out of the stimulus and out of the pandemic. But the failure for a stronger than expected first half of earnings season to boost the broader market, it's a cause of concern. Oftentimes on this show, I'm going like, um, you know, it's the good old days are back again. Da, 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 da. I'm a cheerleader for the market. But I'm telling you, when the earnings aren't rallying us to new highs, I'm giving the market a day off. It's tired. It needs a rest. Maybe it needs a quarter off. I was talking with CFP Chad Burton yesterday, and we were trying to predict the future. It's always fun when you try to think of where will the stock market be in one year from now and two years from now and three years from now. And how does it do? What quarters do you think do best? For instance... I think 2021 is going to have a great first half of the year if Biden wins. And then it's going to have a very questionable second half of the year. In large part, the first half of the year, Biden will be starting to get his stimulus together and potential tax plans together. And then we're going to be like in July, go, whoa, wait, you said tax plans? And that's when the market may start to sober up and say, eh, there's going to be a little less money from people's pockets going to the market. Because instead of going to the market, it's going to be going to the government. Oversimplified, but you get the idea. And then you hope that it's an infrastructure plan that creates jobs and helps solve some of the problems um, that have been created due to the pandemic. But that's kind of where I'm at with looking at markets. And if President Trump gets elected, I think there's a bullish scenario there for the first six months um, of the year tied towards stimulus. I think either president who is elected or who has power, I don't even know if I'm saying the right thing, either president who has power come January will have a stimulus plan coming out of Congress. The only way I don't see that happening, if Biden gets in and the Senate somehow gets a little bit stronger, it could it can maintain where it's at. And it's, it's Mitch McConnell can send the, you know, 
flip a birdie to the president. The birdie, uh, president can flip a birdie to the Senate, right? That's the only contentious relationship I see not falling into place perfectly. And again, I'm, I can give you a Republican case. I can give you a Democrat case um, as far as presidency goes. Senate is the one that with Trump is a winner, winner, chicken dinner for the stock market. Without Trump, it could be a problem and maybe less stimulus than we need as the Republicans will get very fiscally conservative. We'll see. We will see. So home sales retreat for the first time in five months. We'll talk about that and much, much more. Crocs, Justin Bieber. Uh, we got a whole slew of show for you coming up. Stay tuned. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I think we're all getting a little COVID fatigued. Last night while trying to find entertainment on the tube, I ended up, strangely enough, going to Amazon. And strangely enough, I don't know why, but a documentary about the making of So by Peter Gabriel with all the interviews of all the band members of Peter Gabriel and uh, the music producer, Daniel Lenoir, music critics, and how important this album was and how experimental it was and how it has its uh, a lot of uh, soul music in it, so to speak. Uh, it captured me. And I enjoyed it, and it killed an hour. And I, I like watching an old Peter Gabriel talk about a young Peter Gabriel. And there's something beautiful about that album. It was the first album that I ever got on a Sony Walkman. And that first Sony Walkman I ever got was magic. When you put it on your ears, a headset, before there were headsets, and you heard the stereo in both ears, right on top of your ears, those stupid, fuzzy, foamy headsets, the cans, so to speak, the clarity was like, whoa. And when you heard your first digital CD, you're like, that sounds so much better than the tape hiss that I hear. But I bring that up in large part after I get done watching it and I was all nostalgic about the 1980s and this land-breaking album. Um, I, I turn off the TV, I go to bed, and I go, how did Amazon know I like Peter Gabriel? And it was like a Jeff Bezos is watching me moment. And it didn't feel terribly comfortable. How did I get served up that documentary that I didn't know was being made, that I didn't know was created, that I didn't know I wanted? I'm telling you, machine intelligence, my friend. It's crazier than you think it is. A second wave of lockdown restrictions over spiking COVID-19. Now, when I see the spiking COVID-19 numbers hit all-time highs, I go, well, well, I think more people are going to die. That's bad. I think there's going to be more shutdowns for economies. That's bad. It's going to be bad for kids' schooling. That's bad news. For me, I just see that as bad news. And then I go, but that probably means I can buy some more stocks again that I really want to own. Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Microsoft, Google, Alphabet. They're not the only winner, winner chicken dinners that come from the pandemic and the e-commerce infrastructure build out. There's other ones out there. How about... And this is, this is going to sound like I'm pushing these stocks for you to buy, and I think you should consider them. 
but I think you should consider all stocks and you should learn how to screen out stocks that don't hit your, like, this is going to work. This is going to be the one that you wish you had this year kind of thing. Salesforce.com. They are the monetization engine for staying in contact with customers and controlling the mutual relationships, both physically and um, in the cloud. Their CRM is a method of monetization, of keeping you in touch with people who want you, whether it be advertisers or current managers of your scenarios. Another winner, winner, chicken dinner of the pandemic as the record cases spike, as people are locking down again, the Italians are locking down again. They go, oh, I cannot believe it. I'm locking down again. You know, I wish I would have got an Xbox last time. So now people are bogging down again. And Walmart's already said they're seeing a spike in people hoarding. Domino's Pizza could be a winner again. Uh, real restaurants that you go and sit down at, at, the longer the pandemic goes on, the more likely they're going to shut down. But a company like Domino's is the cockroach of the restaurant industry. You can't kill them. In fact, if you, if you don't you know, thoroughly bomb them, they're not going away. And they're not getting bombed right now. They're not getting bombed by better quality sit-down restaurants. Another winner of a prolonged lockdown spring is when we think we'll have the vaccine being distributed. So summer is when we come out of hiding next year is the baseline. It could be a little bit earlier than that. It could be a little bit later than that. Earnings won't be rocking and rolling until this time next year at the earliest. So Domino's winner, NVIDIA winner, Adobe winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, they operate virtually. They help companies automate business processes. They've done very, very well in this environment. And as we hit record numbers, and as there's the threat of another looming lockdowns in various areas, and they say the next two weeks are going to be critical because when you hit peak numbers, it takes two weeks to sit, figure out where there's super spreaders out there. Uh, video game stocks, Electronic Arts, Take Two, Activision. Not only do they have a new platform coming, it's like the perfect storm. They got the pandemic extending. And they got millennials who like the platform in the first place. It's the freaking perfect storm. It's like, George Clooney, don't go out on that boat. And if you do, make sure you kiss your wife goodbye because you're not coming back if you go out in that storm. This is a perfect storm for winners as well as a perfect storm for losers. People are going to die. Some companies are going to completely go out of business. Some companies like McDonald's are going to completely continue to steal business because they got the drive throughs I don't know. With a shutdown of physical entertainment, all forms of restaurants, movie theaters, social activity ha has moved to the virtual world. Snap could be a winner because they got the virtual world thing going socially correctly. Um, what else? How about Lululemon? The longer I sit at home and not go to a gym, the more flabby my body gets, the more I'm inclined to exercise coming out of the pandemic. And if I'm going to exercise, I'm going to look good while I'm exercising. I can't just be sweating in an old ratty t-shirt. I got to get a Lululemon. And they've done a good job of digitizing their apparel, i.e. getting it in the direct-to-consumer marketplace. 
and they've also done things like started some classes online so you can get workouts while they constantly remind you they're wearing Lululemon. So as the pandemic hits higher numbers, I'm just, I'm not saying the word doubled down because that's the wrong idea, but I'm fortified by the idea of my FANG stock thesis continuing. FANG being Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Microsoft, Google, Alphabet. I think with FANG with two A's and an M, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Just go with it. You can find me online. I saw him in concert. Great show. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I've got some great Dave Matthews stories for you. The sad, sad, sad part is I can't really say them. I used to see him in Charlottesville, Virginia, at the University of Virginia, when he was essentially playing to college kids as a college-aged kid. But one of the cooler things that he did in his career was he said no. And it taught me a neat business lesson. I'd see him in, a, like I said, a bar called Tracks that had maybe 10, 15 people at times. His whole band, and they're going to town and... I, at that time, I thought it was college music. I think now it's called hippie music or something like that. I'm not quite sure. Um, but he said no. Record company came to him and said, "Let's we're going to sign you to a big record deal. Two record deal. And he was already doing his own pressing of CDs and, and making good money at his shows on that. He was making money touring, right? And record company said, one record deal. And he goes, no. And they come back months later, two record deal. No, 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 no. Three record deal. No, 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 no. He eventually holds out for like a seven or nine record deal. And it's one of the great stories about Dave Matthews. I think his first two albums were fantastic. And everything else has just been basically garbage suck since then. But he's had one or two songs that were kind of cute. But his first two albums, I thought, were amazing albums. Under the Table and Dreaming is one of my favorites that I can go to if I need to. But he learned to say no. Um, he waited and he waited. And then as soon as he got the deal, he rushed out just bad live album after bad live album after bad live album to, you know, to fulfill said deal. One of the biggest business lessons I could teach you is learn to say no, especially when it comes to investing. The ability to say no is just as powerful as the ability to say yes. One of my most I'd say superpowers that I have when it comes to investing is personally, I think you should wait three days from the, the day you decide to invest. I know you're saying that's crazy. I think you, everything you do in life, you should wait three days is actually the truth. We need to decide to take the relationship to another level. Give it another three days. You'll enjoy it even more if you think about it more and you'll, you process it more and the power of it. When you want to buy shares of Nike, don't do it the day that you have to. Do it the day that you you have to plus three days of contemplation. The ability to say no. That's why um, when the markets dropped yesterday, 8.9% for the uh, recent highs, to me it looked like the S&P 500 was within spitting distance of a correction. The Dow was within spitting distance of a correction. 
the NASDAQ within like within one percent of a correction. All a correction is 10% from its recent highs. I that doesn't make me flinch. It's I, I can say, you know, I'd like to buy stocks today, but I'll I'll see how things shake out today. After today, we're gonna get big tech earnings from Amazon, Apple. Those are gonna be two big ones. Facebook. We're gonna hear a lot about the biggest heavyweight champions of the of the investment world. And for better or for worse, how they do, so goes the market sometimes. And one thing we've seen is Microsoft came out with great numbers, but they didn't get rewarded. So it feels kind of like toppy action to me. Toppy action meaning if you take a look at the S&P 500 chart for the last year, a recent rally up looks like a double top. Now a double top doesn't necessarily, it won't necessarily, it needs good news to break through. It needs stimulus. It needs a COVID vaccine. It needs better job numbers. It needs some sort of good news to get through its top right now. Maybe election results that are final and clear on Tuesday. The market needs good news to move higher. It needs some big kind of breaker. But take a look at a double top. It's gotten there and it won't get there on its own. And to me, watching Microsoft earlier this week, the reaction that their stock had to great numbers. I don't know. We'll see with Amazon, Apple, <laughs> Facebook, and Google, the next big four up to bat, so to speak. And I again, they they've what carried us essentially added Netflix. That's what's carried us essentially this year on the market. The big boys. <clears throat> So demand for buying a home is really, it's its a COVID pandemic story, right? It's made in heaven for real estate agents. Oh, you want to buy a second home? Wait, wait, you, you're going to stay in your first home, but you want to buy a second home. Wait, one customer buys two homes? Real estate agents are drooling. They're like that dog where you're eating a big old medium rare steak and the dog hasn't eaten all day. And it's just got that drool hanging out of his mouth. That's what realtors are when we come up with scenarios or business conditions where we're buying second homes. Contract signings are up 21.9% from a year ago level, but a pending home sales retreat for the first time in five months. What crazy data. Pending home sales unexpectedly declined in September for the first time in five months. A sign elevated asking prices and lean supplies are tempering the boom in housing. Despite the record low interest rates, the NAR! Talk like a pirate date. No, no, it's just every time I see NAR, I think they're pirates. So I don't get it. National Association of Realtors, are. I think I like the NAR. That seems like pirate speak to me, right? Um, hey, Mr. Pirate, can I go take your treasure and the women and the, the alcohol too? NAR, you won't do that, my laddie. So NAR, the National Association of Realtors. That's how my brain works. That's how it's that's it's stored in the same exact file in my head. Those two concepts. Um, contracts to purchase previously owned homes decreased 2.2% from the prior month. Okay, so it's a month-to-month thing. They retreat for the first time in five months. September gauge is down from a record of 132.9 compared to a median estimate in a survey of economists for a 2.9% gain. 
doesn't mean a lot to me. The only thing that means a lot to me so far in the story is elevated asking prices, lean supply, record low interest rates. Like I'm, I'm scanning for the buzzwords. The demand for home buying remains super strong. I love Lawrence Juan. NARS, chief economist. He is such a Pollyanna. He is such a cheerleader. Rah, rah, rah. Shish, boom, bah. I love my job. Realtors pay me. Though he is the demand for home buying remains, listen to this, super strong. Like, okay, Mr. Third Grade Grammar person. Coming from me, that's an insult. Because I'm Mr. Fourth Grade Grammar person. So demand for home buying remains super strong, even with a slightly modest pullback in September. We're still likely to end the year with more homes sold overall in 2020 than 2019. Isn't that something? We had two months of 2020 where people were just chicken. They are locked up in their homes in little coops. And we were seeing virtual reality tours. Yes, you can take a virtual reality tour of a home that you may want to buy. We were locked up like chickens. And they're going to sell more homes this year than last year? That's amazing. It just shows you that some of these trends that come out of uh, headline news or dramatic news or sensationalized news or whatever you want to call it can really lead to trends quickly. Americans have been snapping up larger suburban houses that double as their remote workplaces. The decline in September contract signings is consistent with a retreat in mortgage applications. More home buyers are at risk of being priced out of the market if the volume of available properties remains limited, which they are, because home builders have a tough time procuring labor at reasonable cost, land at reasonable cost, and then the construction materials at reasonable cost. All of them are inflating big time. So the prices are inflated big time. And the jump from the word price going up and the price going inflating, just try to think bidding wars. If you wanted a Sony PlayStation 5 this year for Christmas, and I have one at $250 or $400, I guess it's the right thing to say. I bought one for $400, but there's none on the market. I can sell it for $800. Now, my supply is gone, and suddenly I'm going to have to procure one for under $800 to make good on the idea that Santa's bringing one. Um, but I think you get, you're picking up what I'm putting down here, I hope. Government's first estimate of third quarter GDP came out today, and part of it was residential investment jumped on an annualized 59.3% clip, the fastest since 1983. Um, one of the things that I see with these numbers on how good they are is that sometimes you're pulling things forward. I'm not taking a knock on real estate. I love real estate. I'm not ever taking a knock on stocks. I love stocks. I would like to see stocks go down a little bit more to take some of the steam out of them. Same thing with housing. I don't like it when it goes up too fast, when it's inflating too much. Inflation, bidding war, bidding war, inflation, inflation. Like they're, that's bad. Um, and it's too much of an excess. I like a period of cool down and reflection, but sometimes we don't get them. And again, I'm telling you what I want, and sometimes I don't get what I want. You can't always get what you want. Sometimes you ask for, you get what you need, right? Markets are pretty good. 
real estate, stocks, bond market, not so much right now. Uh, in a cataclysmic economic event, bonds would be awesome, but we're not in a cataclysmic economic event. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. I'm just sitting here watching the world go round and round. Yesterday was an awful day on Wall Street. It felt like down 900 points. You see headline print like that and you're like, oh. Hopefully my gaggle, and you are my gaggle. I think you're saying you have to come up with a better name for your fans than a gaggle. A gaggle of black support. Last name black. No, 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 no. You know what you are? If you're a member of the 10-hour club, you know this. My fans, my legions, my followers, my disciples, you are lovingly and affectionately referred to as blackheads. <laughs> That's a yaw. Okay. A little bit of a mixed day. I'm just taking a look at some stocks yesterday that I wanted to buy that I did not. And they've bounced back a little bit today. But I was like, oh, I could have had one more day. I could have used one more day. I'm looking at companies like Carnival Cruise Lines. And I'm not interested in Carnival Cruise Lines. But yesterday, big loser day, big winner. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But the trend has still been punched in the face. The leisure stocks... They may look good on a day-by-day basis, but in the last year, they've been punched in the face. If you've never been punched in the face, I'm not saying you should do it once because you shouldn't, but it's more shocking than you would think. Uh, Neo, I boxed. That's how I got punched in the face. I'm not a puncher, fighter. I'm I'm a dancer. When I get into trouble, when I see a criminal approach me with a knife, I don't use my sharp tongue. No, no, no. I don't use my big muscles. No, no, no. I dance because I'm a dancer. Neo hit a big milestone. This is a story that we have to keep telling because in investing, there's going to be three or four stories that that are going to live up to the reputation as all that in a bucket of chicken. Electric vehicles and clean energy. It's still early. So Neo announced a key production milestone as Morgan Stanley turned more bullish on the electric car maker. Neo's 5,000th electric vehicle of the month rolled off production line in Hefei. Reports in local Chinese media said that it was the first time the Neo had exceeded 5,000 units per month. I know nothing, nothing about Neo. I could barely tell you what an inside of a Tesla looks like. Although my father told me I was conceived inside a Tesla, and I said, I think you're lying, father. A, because my body's dead long before Tesla was ever created. So I was just trying to make a dramatic moment for television. Sorry. So anyway, um, <clears throat> Neo's considered the so-called Tesla of China. And I wouldn't consider it an investment because I don't trust a lot of what's coming out of China. But if you ever had money that you called speculation and what I would call speculative money, uh, when I was younger, and the first time I ever went to Vegas, I was like, whoa, look at the big buildings, and look at the beautiful dancers, and look at the um, glamorous uh, hotels. 
when I'm like in that wow stage of my life, gambling is totally speculative because I'm, I'm getting overwhelmed by my, my senses and uh, I don't know how to gamble. Later in life, you kind of learn like, okay, don't go all in on 14. <laughs> don't, don't double down. You learn some rules of life, which is good. But one of the rules of life I've learned is that to me, individual stocks in China are speculative minus ant company, Alibaba, maybe 10 cent. But you can really go down this area where like, wait, wait, I'm buying the travel company. The okay, they do travel like for they're they they're the Expedia of China. Like that's when you're starting to get really like you're stretching. So but Neo's progress in achieving a strategic initiative, uh five thousand cars a month. It's a good number. And at this point in time, you can say, here's a chip, I like the company. You still got to come up with revenue. You still got to come up with earnings. You still got to come up with the distribution plan. You still got to come up with other things that you like, but you, I think you should build a case. Oftentimes I'll say, before we buy any stock, wait three days. We've learned that about me today. I like to wait. And if you still like it in three days, any major decision, if you decide you're going to get married, give yourself three days to think about it. Don't blurt it out at dinner. Don't, don't, don't drop one on your sugar burger. I want to get married. Think about it for three days. Same thing with investing. Same thing with, um, I think it, most major decisions, if you can wait three days, you'll do better in life. Neo electric vehicle sales, Neo, NIO. They should see stronger volumes for the rest of 2020 into 2021. They got a Neo EC6 electric coupe SUV. That's a potential rival to Tesla's Model Y. If you wanted to speculate on this one, you can. And I would say 1%. I'm totally fine if you have up to 5 to 10% of your portfolio in pure speculation, stuff that is bat, bat doo-doo crazy. I'm not encouraging most people to do it because, A, you can't really limit yourself to 1% speculation to 10% speculation. You tend to kind of go all in. Like at the Kentucky Derby, you got, oh, man, you see that horse, that horse number five, he's black, he's, he's beautiful. It's the most beautiful horse I've ever seen. Or maybe see like the gray horses or the Palomino horses or what have you. And you go all in because of a look. And then you remember, oh, it's a horse. So you could have a bad day. So here are some electric vehicle speculative stocks, in my opinion. If you want to go with the champion, I'm fine with you owning Tesla. It's on the more speculative side of investments out there, but it's, 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 it's hit their milestones. They've collected their chips already. They've done what they've needed to to get confidence in the overall market. They've had earnings. Here's companies that have no earnings. Nikola, NKLA. Li Auto, L-I. Xping Motors, X-P-E-V. Consult a broker advisor before I take any action on anything like this. But it comes that I don't throw this down lightly, that the EC6 backlog and debut of their fourth model, they're advancing quickly. They're not going to catch Tesla. They'll reverse engineer Tesla for sure. But Tesla's already engineering 10 years ahead of them. I don't know what I'm telling you about this story, but EVs are sexy and strong, and that's a trend that's not going away. And if you attach yourself to a story that's that's right, you outperform the market. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.